We're just ordinary people living ordinary lives until we see someone on TV win a $25,000 prize. Come on down. I'll play any game for 10 seconds of fame. Come on down. I'll make a deal just for that me spin the wheel. Come on down. To win a million bucks, all you need is a little luck and thorough knowledge of multiple disparate trivial subjects. All right, welcome to an all-new episode of Come On Down, the game show podcast hosted remotely by us in two separate places because this is the future that we live in now. I'm in the future as well. Right, that's a we. This is the future that we live in, implying both of us. Okay, right, yeah, but nobody else in society, just us. Yes, we are the only two people living in the future who have this sort of crazy capabilities i guess okay. got it got it got it so welcome to an all-new episode of come on down the game show podcast today we are going to be talking about a game show and before you continue i would like to give a hint to the audience it's pretty good right yeah that's good yeah, so the show we're going to be talking about is Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Uh, me. Okay. Let me be a millionaire. I All right, you won. Oh my gosh, wow, okay, episode over. We will see That's you how guys it works. next week for Who Wants to Be Richer by $10. Uh, was not quite as popular as Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah, it, it, that, that one... Uh, they're still trying to work out the kinks, I think, revive that somewhere along the way. But yeah, yeah. so before we hop all the way into the recording, my mic is like a, a flaccid, uh, it's a flaccid situation over here. Uh, I cannot see you, but I trust you that you do have a flaccid mic. What do you mean? Uh, isn't that what you said? You guys said you're a flaccid mic situation? Yeah. Hold on, I'm trying to fix it while still remaining on air here. Riveting I mean, content. <laughs> do we have a do we have a sponsor for today? We do have a sponsor for today. Um, I hope you read over it because it's going to be one of the more complicated scripts that our sponsors sent to us. You did tell me to read over it. Mm -hmm. uh, I noticed you said you did tell me to read, not I did read over it. You did tell me to, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, correct. Got it. But I thought it would be more fun okay, for the audiences at home if we just hopped right in. I mean, and then we'll see what happens. Okay, sounds good. Uh, I will start. You go ahead and let me know when your mic is at an attention. Uh, attention My mic hut. is good. It's, it's, uh, it's standing at attention. Okay, got it. Hey, Baker, what do your farts sound like? Oh, just the classic two hams slapping against each other in a strong wind. Mine too. It's awkward and embarrassing. But that all changes today because our sponsor has a revolutionary product. The Butt Sound Transformer Underwear. I love these underwear. They're comfortable and they transform my farts into a myriad of fun sounds, fun movie quotes, popular 80s songs, and iconic presidential speeches. I've got one locked and loaded. Here we go. right now yep oh just let it out all right my turn 
Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I did it. Now, farts become fun conversation starters, not stoppers. Thanks to Butt Sound Transformer Underwear, our listeners get 20% off their first order and the option to record a personalized message for their pair of Butt Sound Transformers. I think you're a good friend, and I like podcasting with you, friend. Friendship. <sighs> wow. Check out their website. That's musictomybutt.com. Wow, that's an interesting, uh, an interesting little... Um, product. Product. Mm -hmm. That's the word I'm looking for there. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was cool. I thought it meshed well with the show. It wasn't quite as intrusive as our last sponsor, which that sponsored that company to go out of business. Um, oh, no. Another of our sponsors went out of business. Right. Yeah. The end what are the odds? The, the end of the PVC pipe, they weren't sanding it down. It wasn't a smooth surface and, and people. Oh, no. I, yeah. I could see that being an issue. Yeah. It was a bad situation. But this sponsor should be in business because they've got a, a cool product that revolutionizes uh, toots from your poot. Yeah, can't see this going poorly. So today, as we mentioned, we are we're not doing a Bloomhouse original game show <laughs> that only had uh, twelve career episodes. Yeah, quite the opposite, actually. Speaking of Bloomhouse, I watched a Bloomhouse film last night. What was it called? Freaky. The oh. uh, the Vince Vaughn body swap serial killer comedy horror i did not see it was it good it was pretty good you know it's like vince vaughn tries to murder a high school girl and they swap bodies and so then there's a high school girl serial killer and vince vaughn is a high school girl wow and if you're wondering does vince vaughn make out with a high school boy in this movie Oh, I guess you'll just have to tune in to find oh, out. Oh, no. Because I don't want to spoil anything. But yes, yes, he does. So does that mean the high school boy is gay? No, because he is making out with somebody who identifies as a high school girl. I don't know why this is difficult for you to understand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll take your word for it. Interesting. Um, I don't want that question answered, but I it will... I might check that movie out. It sounds like it's an interesting watch. Yeah, it's fun. Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn as a high school girl is fun. It's like, you know, it's a little it's a little derivative of Jack Black and Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Okay. Which I mean was also a very funny performance, so I'd say it's worth checking out. Got it. Anyway, this isn't a Bloomhouse original with 12 episodes. This is um a British original that we took and we gave it like almost 4,000 episodes so far. <laughs> so this is Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And you're familiar with this show, right? I mean, it's one of the most iconic game shows, I would say, in American history behind, you know, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, maybe. But yeah. I, this is a game show I specifically remember watching with my family. Yeah, this was a big craze when it came out. Um, we'll obviously get into all of that. To give you a little bit of behind the origins of the show, mm. it started in, uh, you know, it was British. It was all, it was kind of the same, but with funny voices. Right, and they would and, say, thank you. And their money is also all different. 
and fake. People don't know that, but the pound is a fake currency. In what sense? Uh, it doesn't exist. Um, I've never seen it, so that's how I know the pound itself as an object in this material world does not exist. Have okay. you seen a pound? Um, I like a a a dollar or like the a note. What do you mean, like a a coin, a note? I have I've been to England where they use them. Did you see it with your eyes? Did I see it with my eyes? Yes, I did. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the pound does not exist. Or I mean, hey, I can't, uh, you know, verifiably disagree with you because maybe I was seeing something that just confused me, but I thought that it was a pound. <laughs> okay. Um. So this show, like I said, it premiered in the UK in September 1998. Who wants to be a millionaire? The winner, of course could win a million pounds. Mm. And at that time, <clears throat> in September of 1998, just to let you know, one US dollar was worth 0.59 British pounds. So that's like, uh, you know, $1.8 million or so. Wow. Something, something like that. So it's it's a lot of money. And and of course we talked about previously how up until like 1990 in the UK you weren't allowed to win more than 1000 pounds on a yeah. game show. Yeah, it's a So hard they job. really kind of upped the stakes really really big. It's kind of um, like it's similar to when you know a pastor's daughter or you know a, a a boy, a son who wasn't allowed to to watch R-rated movies or hang out with friends goes to college, and you go from zero to you go wild real yeah. quick. <clears throat> you go from having sucked a thousand dicks to having sucked a million dicks real fast. Right. Yep. Is that yep. what you mean? That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my dad was a pastor, so I know. Um, uh-huh. And. So it it premiered on ITV in September of 1998. It was hosted by Chris Tarantino. And Love I don't films. think yeah, uh, this films. was this was before um Kill Bill but after um Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Yeah. So so this was kind of I guess his gap, but he did host it until 2014. Um, <clears throat> despite all the controversies about the N-word in Django Unchained. Um, okay, Chris, cool. Chris Tarantino hosted it until it went off air in the UK in 2014. It came back in 2018, hosted by Jeremy Clarkson, who you might be familiar with from shows such as Top Gear in the UK. Mm. That's that one about the cars. Right, yeah. Um, and that is the one where the planes fly and a goose is killed in one of the engines. Okay, so you you are kind of conflating Top Gun with that, but oh, but an interesting childhood uh, telephone game retelling of the plot of the film Top Gun. Right, and a, where's which part? Which is the part that the goose dies? Um, that's in the spoiler part. Uh, that's when Vince Vaughn makes out with the high school boy. Got right it, and that, that is right after he realizes that. He goes, he asks the the orphan to go buy a goose for everybody for Christmas. Yes, exactly. Okay. So who wants to be a millionaire? 
it was it was big in the UK. Obviously, we are not super concerned about the UK version because I don't know they could have two British people doing a game show talk show, but they don't. So this is our thing. You missed your opportunity. Yeah. But the the name of the game. So it was originally uh, going to be called like Money Mountain, which is um, a dumb name. It's good alliteration, but it's a bad yeah. name. Yeah, I mean, I get it because you're kind of climbing up each of the levels with the mm-hmm. way that the dollar amount increases. Right. But they ended up this taking the name from a Cole Porter song from the movie High Society, starring Frank Sinatra and I think Bing Crosby. And um, that, you know, that chick that uh, that died? She was like... Uh... Um, Amy she was Winehouse? one of those. She, no, she. Yeah, Amy Winehouse. She was one of those like royalty type of people, you know. Princess um, Diana. No, but kind of like Princess Diana, but before her, you know, in like the sixties. Mother Teresa. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think you're thinking of um, Hitler. <laughs> uh, I'm not. Grace I'm not. Kelly. I think that was her name. Okay. Grace Kelly, she was a uh, a duchess or something like that. Uh, she was a princess of Monaco. There you go. But Got she it. was in this. She was in the film as well. And uh, there was a song in it called "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire." I thought it's kind of ironic because the whole game show is about who wants to be a millionaire. Do you want to be a millionaire? I want to be. A mil-. It's about you know wanting to be a millionaire. Yeah. The the song, however, in in context is kind of the opposite. It's kind of like, oh, who wants to be a millionaire? Like, that sounds dumb. I've got all this other stuff. Who wants to be a millionaire? That's kind of what the song is like. What's the other stuff that they have? You. Basically, I think it's like, I've got you. Why do I need to be a millionaire? It's, you know. Ugh. What do you mean? You would trade your wife for a million dollars? Are you saying that right now on air, live? Your mic cut out. What did you say? Are you trading your wife for a million dollars? I'm sorry, I cannot hear you. I would Will love you commit to, to that? Answer, Will you commit I would to love that to right now? Who wants to be to, a millionaire? I would love to answer whatever question you're asking. I'm sure it's a good one, but I cannot hear you. Maybe if you continue to talk about something else, you, I might be able to get the connection back. Okay, so I guess we'll move on. Um, it was yeah, it was a Cole Porter song from the film High Society that they got the name from. Can you hear? Did you hear all that? Yeah, no, I hear you now. Okay, perfect. Would you trade your wife for a million dollars? I'm sorry. It uh, The second you tried to ask whatever question or statement you said, it, it cut out again. Okay. Okay. So anyway, this this show was then adapted for the people who matter, <laughs> Americans, in the following year, 1999. So you got to remember, this is a pre-9-11 world. Everything was different then. Yeah. Um, there was no TSA there. Wow. Uh, there's we no body were... scans. Yep. Um, um, you could fly planes c- close. Like people fly, people would fly planes around, like right around the twin towers. Just doing like stunts and stuff like that. Yeah. Like Red Bull stunts, but actually this yeah. is probably pre Red Bull stunt days too. Yeah. We weren't racist against Muslims yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It was a, it was a simpler time. It was a better time, quite frankly. I'm, I, yeah. There, I said it. Yeah. Um. So, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire premiered in the U.S. on ABC in September of uh, 
2019. Or sorry, August 20, of 2019. Okay. God damn it. Of 1999. Yeah, I was going to say that was Ooh, last year. You that was last dummy. year. That was, well, no, it was two years ago. Now it's 2021. But no, of August 1999, hosted by Regis Philbin, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. That was his he died. Name. He died last year, which was 2020. I think, right? I mean, bad year for game show hosts last year. Yeah, in terms of dying, and and also in terms of very old game show hosts. <clears throat> Well, yeah, I guess that probably helps you die easier mm-hmm. if you're yeah. very old. Right. Um, but Regis, who I guess he, he was a morning talk show host. He had Regis and Kathy Lee at this time, which would eventually become Regis and Kelly. But he, he was most known for that, you know, a friendly, likable guy. But now I think his legacy is really who wants to be a millionaire. His lasting impact on our society, on who we are as people. He's changed us. Well, I think it also, it depends on how old you are. If you're in your 40s or 50s now, he probably will ever forever be cemented as, you know, talk show host Regis. But he I came think... into my life as who wants to be a millionaire. I don't care about his early morning talk show days. To me, they didn't even exist. And he wow. will forever be who wants to be a millionaire, millionaire host. I think even for those... 40 to 50 year old type of people who are were familiar with his morning show or more familiar than us i think they i think this has transformed him this is and the funny thing is he only did this for three years it was august 1999 until june 2002 that this show aired on abc okay and so the way the game worked in both the British and American versions where there were 15 questions of increasing difficulty with four multiple choice answers. You started at a low dollar value with easy questions like $100, $200, $300, $500, $1,000 was the fifth question escalating until the 10th question was $32,000. And the 15th question was 1 million. So the escalation really goes up the higher you go. Because the first five questions goes from 100 to $1,000. And then the final five questions goes from 32,000 to $1 million. Mm. So you get a $900 increase versus a $968,000 increase. Yes. Which is that's how compounding interest works. So they wanted to mirror. Yep. It's kind of of an allegory for making sure that you invest when you're young. Right. You know, teach the people at home. You make the, you can really make the bulk of your retirement money in your 20s if you're just putting away a good amount, that compounding interest. By the time you're 65, it's really going to be worth something. So that's yeah. a note to all of our young listeners at home. Please invest your money in, mm-hmm. in a stable 401k plan. Well, well, no, I would say invest your money in GameStop and Bitcoin right now would probably be your safest I would, uh, li- with the least amount of volatility in it. Yeah, yeah, those are probably the safest. Bitcoin's been going great recently by the way, making up some of my GameStop losses. Um anyway. Yep. The the show had these 15 questions. Of course, this was a an interesting show game show in that there was only one contestant at a time, you know, most game shows obviously there are people competing against each other. Mm-hmm. There's one contestant at a time. However, there are 10 people at the very beginning that compete in the fastest finger competition in which they are. That's what it's called. 
The fastest finger, yes. Okay. It didn't have the same connotation back then as it does now. Got it. Uh, fingering hadn't been invented yet. But <laughs> um, they would be given a question, put these four things in order, either largest to smallest, uh, chronologically, whatever. And they had to put them top the four things in order as quickly as possible. And whoever got it right and in the shortest amount of time was the next contestant on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. So you could unfortunately be one of those 10 people there and never get on the show, which would suck. That's terrible. But you get you get a great view of the show. You, you do get a great the, view. The You're right the there. The back of the person's head the whole time. Yeah. So you get on the show. You've got these 15 questions. Um, once you get to $1,000 and $32,000, the aforementioned fifth and 10th questions, your money is guaranteed at those dollar values. So if you miss a question, if you miss the $16,000 question, you still win $1,000. If you miss the $500,000 question, you still win $32,000. Mm-hmm. And at any point in time, even after you're asked the question and seen all the answers and have used your lifelines, you can decide to walk away with the dollar value of the last question that you answered correctly. So, the $500,000 question, I feel like, is a place where a lot of people ended up getting stuck because the drop from $500,000 to $32,000 is so massive. Yeah. It's like, I mean, going from the five hundred dollars to the $1 million, is basically the same as dropping from 500,000 to 32,000. It's only a $32,000 difference, you know? Yeah. So, so I think uh if you don't know the million dollar question, you're going to walk away there. I don't believe that in the history of the show, at least the US version, nobody has ever missed the $500,000 question. Everybody has either walked away or correctly answered the $1 million question. Okay. At 500,000. Yeah. Um so the first, there are, there are three lifelines as well, which we haven't mentioned yet. These, this was a huge impact on the culture, the lifeline. I feel like we've got uh, people give their answer, and then the host, Regis in this version, Chris Tarantino in the UK version, would say, is that your final answer? That has become a huge part of the culture. Mm-hmm. Is that your final answer? And by the way, um, while we're going good, would you trade your wife for a million dollars? It's so weird because the second you stop talking about millionaire, that I, it's these loud poppings in my headphones. That's weird. And, okay, you're back. Oh, wow. Okay. I guess we'll just go ahead and move on. Um, sure. Is that your final answer? I mean, I, I love that part of the show. Yeah. Have you talked about the final answer yet? Yeah, so that's the final answer. And there were there were the three lifelines. Those three lifelines were 50-50, which el- the computer, quote-unquote, at random eliminates two of the four potential answers, leaving you with the correct answer and only one other incorrect answer to choose from. There is the ask the audience, in which everybody in the audience has a little machine at their chair where they put in what they believe the answer is and you get the polling results of what all the audience members put Mm -hmm. and then finally there's the phone a friend in which you get on the line with a friend that you've chosen beforehand i think you can have like five people that you have on standby and you choose whichever one based on 
you know, maybe who knows most about American history, if that's the type of question that it is. And that person, you have 30 seconds to read them the question and discuss what they believe the answer is. Um, and to me, in, the, in these early days, it went, and remember 20-something years ago, the internet was significantly different than it was today. <laughs> it was, first of all, much slower. slower. Yeah. Uh, and second of all, search results didn't work as well as they do today. Yeah, because they hadn't uh, spied enough on yes American citizens yet, and now that they have collected so much, they've data collected all us, of your data, so they yeah. know exactly what you're asking before you ask it. Right, and then they sell you something before you are are able to ask the question. Right, but you could definitely sense that in a lot of these phone of friends, the person on the other end of the line was trying to look this up on a computer as quickly as possible. <laughs> Typing in keywords, and because they would be repeating the question over and over as if that was going to help them know the answer. Yeah. Like, oh, you said the president with the, the 31st president who enacted the blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, think, I think it was, I, I think it was Truman. Um, so, and, and they would always ask like, how confident are you? And then I always say like, uh, seventy percent. I'm seventy percent sure. Like, what, yeah. what a weird, what a weird answer to give. Yeah. But those were the three lifelines. You could use them at any time. You could use all three of them on one question if you wanted to. But each of them was a one-time use only. Once you use them, they were gone. And once all three were gone, you are on your own. You either have to get the question right or walk away, or miss it and drop down to wherever you were before. But obviously there are certain points where like, so if you've won $32,000, you have a free guess at this point, basically, because you can't win less than $32,000. So at least on the $64,000 question, you're always going to guess because it doesn't matter if you miss it or not. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that was the key to getting to 32000 That was a That was a big milestone in terms of success in the game, basically. Um, th and this was incredibly highly rated when it came out. Like I said, it made a huge impact on the culture. It kind of really brought game shows back to the forefront of our culture. It was huge for the Game Show Network, even though the show was airing on ABC, because people were interested in game shows big time again. Um, I know the Game Show Network like credits it with a lot of their success in the early 2000s. It also kind of... It, it was interesting because... Something about the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire adaptation in the U.S., which is different than most um, game shows or just TV programs in general that are purchased um, for rights in other countries, is that there were very, very strict rules in terms of the set had to be built the same as it was in the U.K. version. The theme song and stuff had to be the same as it was in the U.K. version. For every single country that made a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, they had to recreate the same set, the same music, everything. So it was all the same, whereas normally they kind of will flavor it a little more towards what they think their local audiences will like better. But this was all basically the same. It was the the set for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is the most recreated set in the history of television because of that. Wow. And the... The song, uh, normally a game, uh, 
a game show has a theme song, kind of plays once at the beginning, or commercial breaks or things like that. This had music throughout, which was very impactful on setting the tone of the game and and kind of the way we watched it as viewers. Um, the And as the questions got more difficult, the intensity of the music progressed as well. So we had this whole soundtrack of the of these kind of kind of created to match the beating of a heart kind of to bring that intensity to it and that was something that we hadn't seen before in game shows it was kind of fun interesting or straight and boring basically and this was intense kind of like when you are what do you have like a minute left in your mario level and the music picks up and starts to play a lot faster or when you uh when you're underwater in sonic and you're running out of uh breath and it's gonna start going faster and faster right yeah yeah that so that was what where who wants to be a millionaire got most of their cues from sonic and mario yeah and and like I said, this was repeated country to country as this game show, because of course it was wildly popular, was adapted in you know dozens and dozens of other countries. And it was all very standard, all very much the same, aside from, you know, the the local hosts and contestants and the questions probably with a bit more of local knowledge. Because, um, you know, if you're asking people in India questions about U.S. presidents, that's too difficult. Right, it was like Slumdog Millionaire had questions that pertain to his life. <laughs> right, it was, and in fact, all of the questions in the Indian version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire uh, pertained to Dev Patel's life. Was that the, was <laughs> okay. that the guy's name? I the don't actor. know. No. Um, but that that is pretty much how it worked, and it was also because of this. It was it's the only game show music that has an ASCAP license, the American Society for Composers, Authors, and Publishers, or something like that, because it's the only like game show score that is used um, in the way that it's used. Okay. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, November 19th, 1999 is a big date in history. And that's because that was the first winner of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Is this the guy that worked for the CIA? Did he work for the CIA? I know his name was John was he, Carpenter. Yeah, and he was uh, he had glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll I never mean, forget this it, guy. I think was, I was watching live when it happened. Yeah, I mean it was big news. I think they promoted it in advance so you know more people would tune in to see the first million dollar uh, okay. winner. I I am not positive, but I. But I think they at least strongly teased it so people would tune in. And John Carpenter was his name. He made it all the way through to the million-dollar question without having used a single lifeline. He still had all three lifelines remaining. He was asked the question. Um, He said, I'd like to phone a friend. Regis uh, asked who he'd like to call. He said he'd like to call his dad. So they got his dad on the line. His dad. Regis said, oh, we've got your son, John, here, and he's on the million-dollar question. He needs your help. All right, here he is. Your time starts now. And John said, 
hey dad i'm just calling you to tell you that i just won a million dollars yeah uh and then he said because the answer is blah 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 final answer i think it was richard nixon was the final answer oh he worked for the irs irs oh and at the time first of all that's the most baller move in the history of anything. oh so baller and at the time i was like oh that's so cool like i i knew it was a baller move when i was younger but also i was like oh that's that's sweet he's calling his dad and now i'm like what if his dad was like you're not gonna be anything when you grow up because he was just rubbing it in his dad's face it wasn't like a celebratory (laughs) moment he hadn't he hadn't talked to his dad in 20 years before (laughs) that point He's like, hey, dad, I'm just calling yeah. to let you know that I want a million dollars and you're not getting a fucking cent, you piece of shit, you alcoholic yeah. motherfucker going to buy <laughs> but, cigarettes and never coming back. Yeah, um, but th- they cut that part of it. Out. Well, it was, it was broadcast TV. Right. It's a similar situation to here. You know, our mics, Baker's mic specifically keeps cutting in and out. And it was just a situation where they had to. Oh, is that what it was? Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, he said, he said, hey, dad, I'm just calling to see, would you trade mom for a million dollars? Yeah, and the dad kept saying, I can't hear you. And he's <laughs> like, I'm not going to answer this question until you answer this for me. Um, and so, so yeah, he was the first person to win a million dollars, the, the, you know, most famous person to win a million dollars. Like I said, he had that uh, iconic phone call to his dad that, that made it way cooler i think probably some people think that was lame and douchey i think it's pretty cool um yeah that's awesome that's the best way i mean yeah the only thing that you the only time you use that is to let someone know you're about to win a million dollars there's no other baller way and because you can't so you don't want to ever use the phone a friend you can't do 50-50 and be a baller. Uh, Regis, yeah. I'd like to 50-50 it, but guess what? I'm going to answer it before you 50-50 it. That <laughs> right. would be kind of cool, but not as cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll ask the audience, I mean, what's the baller move on that? Uh, I don't think there is one. I think you're right. The only thing you can do as a baller move is phone a friend. And I wonder if he like had some really difficult questions that he wasn't sure of the answer to, but he had planned this whole thing in advance. So I'm going to get to the million dollars. I'm going to call my dad. So he was like, fuck, I really wish I could call my dad right now, but I've got to save that until yeah. my bragging montage at the end. Right. Um, so he was just guessing on half of the questions instead of using <laughs> those lifelines just okay. to save for this one delicious moment. I think I, I think I figured out a baller move to use with the ask the audience, pull okay. the audience. So you pull the audience, you go, oh, Regis, I'm not entirely sure. I'd like to pull the audience. And you pull the audience, and then you get the <laughs> the bar chart, gra- the very uh, complicated bar chart right. graph of the percentage of people that answered which answers. And you go, okay, who raised, raise your hand if you answered A, uh, C, and D. And all the people raise their an- um, hands, and you know the answer was B. And you go, you are all retarded. <laughs> Wow, and then you and then you answer the question correctly. That's a that's a little and, different baller move. Um, and he's like, he's like, I want all you that people that answer B to look around. These people are stupid. Do not trust them. And then you are their overlords, right? And what if like a couple was there, or like a family was there? And oh, they, and they have to get divorced answered. and split up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to divorce your family. Yeah, that makes sense. 
that yeah that would wow that would be baller um so like i said this aired for three years on abc it then from 2002 to 2019 had a syndicated daytime version this was where more than 3,000 episodes happened uh it was originally hosted by meredith vieira from um the view and uh, I think she was on the Today Show or something also, or Good Morning America. Um, I think she did it until around 2009 or 10. And then it was taken over by Cedric the Entertainer. And I've got a dog barking at uh, some cars passing by in the background. So it was taken over by Cedric the Entertainer, then Terry Crews, and <laughs> then Chris Harrison from The Bachelor, who's in some okay. trouble right now. Um, and then it was revived. So it ended in 2019. It was revived oh, much later in 2020 <laughs> on ABC again, now as basically a celebrity charity show hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. So on this most recent version, it's had two seasons. Now they've all been celebrity contestants playing for a charity. And they had previously done celebrity episodes playing for charities in the past, yeah. but now that's all the show is, basically. There's no regular people competing. Do you think this is a ploy to get people interested again, or is this the set standard now moving forward? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Uh, I mean, it was obviously successful enough to get a second season. I think the second season aired uh, October through December of last year. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know if it'll come back in with the regular contestants again or not. Like They're, only you can only give so much money to charity. I mean, I'm not going to give a shit after season three. Like, wow. Oh, this charity won money. Great. I mean, I don't. But it's, great but it's all different charities. Everybody's playing for their own specific charity. Look, it's either Susan Komen or get the fuck out. That is how I live my life. Wow. You know, that's a controversial one. A lot of people don't support the Susan Komen and the Race for the Cure and stuff like that. Right. Because there are lobbyists in Washington that want you to get cancer and make you think that cancer is good. And I get it. That's a oh. controversial topic. So that's that's why it is, because there are people that are pro-cancer? Yes. Okay. I didn't realize that. I guess I just never really looked into it that much. Is it like the, the same, same people? It's the, the same people, people? as... Exactly. It's the same anti-vaxxers. Okay. Anti-vax, pro-cans. Anti-vaxxers, it's a little known fact, is they actually believe that vac um, viruses are good. It's not that vaccines are bad. Oh, it's they just, just... They want the viruses to spread. We need to cull people. We've got too many. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes some sense. Um, in addition to the these versions of the show, the syndicated version, the ABC version, the celebrity new version with Jimmy Kimmel, where he and his friends just jerk each other off about how cool and rich and famous they are. Um, mm -hmm. There was also a, at Disney World, a version called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Play It. And they ran shows throughout the day, which if you were at the Disney Park, you could attend as an audience member. And they would do a fastest finger, but all audience members participated. Mm. And the person with the correct answer in the fastest time then got to be the contestant on the show. 
and wow uh everybody is playing along all throughout so you're you've kind of got your answer pad and you're answering and and getting us your own individual score as time goes just for you know posterity's sake so that you're playing and participating but yeah. the person who is competing on the show uh obviously you're not actually winning a million dollars in the in disney world version of the show but they did have the 50 50 and they asked the audience that would show what everybody in the audience had guessed and instead of phone a friend there was a, a phone a complete stranger in which they had another um they call them cast members at disney world the employees uh in which a cast member had a phone outside in the park and they would just flag down a random person walking through the park <laughs> who you would ask yeah. the question to i did attend this one time and uh i didn't win the fastest finger thing so i didn't i didn't get to compete but i did witness it and it was pretty cool and instead of a million dollars i think you won a uh, a disney cruise if you got to the to the million dollar question okay so you won three hundred dollars um a disney cruise for four also a disney cruise is not going to be three hundred dollars this is not carnival this is disney okay <laughs> uh rank your uh top three cruise lines from trashiest to slightly less trashy okay carnival is the trashiest for sure why is that uh it's the cheapest it I mean, I've been on three or four carnival cruises in my life, and it... So not that trashy, because you went on one and then said, I'll go on two more. So here's what happened. So my family, when I was about 16 years old, 17 years old or so, my family booked a carnival cruise for a, for a family spring break vacation. Mm -hmm. And we all went on this, and we got off into, you know, the ocean... And uh, the engine broke. <laughs> and so for five days, we just floated around the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> and then and then drifted back to Galveston, Texas. And wow. so they, you know, we were supposed to be go. you know, it's a boat. It's supposed to take you places. And so we never got to any of those places. And so I think they gave us like uh, 50% of our money back and then 50% off your next cruise. Okay. So then, you know, a year later, my family decided to use that 50% off the next cruise to go on another family cruise vacation. So we did it again. Uh, we actually went to places this time, but it was still just okay. Mm -hmm. And... Then when I graduated college and, you know, was poor, uh, Erica and I, now my wife, my girlfriend at the time, and our friend and his girlfriend at the time, we, as like a graduation celebration, went on a carnival cruise. <laughs> so at this point, it was a 50-50 shot that this cruise was going to break down in the middle of the ocean and you thought i like those odds yeah i mean for like you know a five night vacation for five six hundred dollars like okay mm -hmm. so yeah we we tried it we didn't break down that time we made it home safely and it was a fine experience with 
mediocre food and activities and a lot of type of people that I just don't want to be around in general. So I'm going to say that's the, the trashiest cruise line. Okay. Uh, I guess, and that's the only one I've been on. So it's hard for me to judge. I would guess Royal Caribbean would be the second trashiest because it's the one I hear the second most about, but I think it's supposed to be a little nicer than carnival. But they have Royal in the title. Yeah, they, I mean, Carnival versus Royalty. I think you can kind of see the balance there. (laughs) But I don't know. I imagine most of those like Mexican cruises and Caribbean cruises have got to be pretty similar, except for like the really expensive ones. Where you've got like your own personal chauffeur holding your hand through everything that you do. Holding your hand? Yeah. Hmm. You know, just like as a comfort mechanism to guide you. Right. Yeah. Kind of like a spirit guide, but more of a literal guide that, that you hold on to. Exactly. Um, okay. So, yeah, that's that's how I judge the cruises. And I think Disney Cruise is, is pretty uh, middle of the road in terms of Wait, ex- what was your expense. number one least trashy? Number uh, Disney, I guess. Oh, okay. Um. So, so yeah, you, you could win that Disney cruise. It no longer, this no longer exists. It's now a Toy Story ride where it used to be, but, uh, but it was, it was a fun, cool little thing. And throughout the history of this show, we talked about the three lifelines. Those have changed a bit over time. There've been several other lifelines that you're probably not super familiar with over the course of the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. There's been a plus one where you can invite a friend on stage to help you. There's been Ask the Expert, where instead of phoning a friend, you basically get one person that they consider an expert that you can call. They're in the newest version with Jimmy Kimmel, instead of either instead of Ask the Audience, because of COVID, there's no audience, there's a, Ask the Host, and you just talk it over with Jimmy Kimmel. That sounds like a terrible plan. I mean... At least there's another brain on it, I guess. Um, there's a double dip where you can guess twice if your first one is wrong. Ooh, I like that. There's a... So in the syndicated version from like 2010 to 2015, instead of the mountain or ladder of money that you're climbing up, for the first like 10 questions, it's random difficulty questions worth random money in random orders. Um, so you might get like the $64,000 question first and it's kind of difficult, (laughs) but there is a jump the question. So you can just skip that question and go on to the next one. Um, there's a switch where you could switch the question for a new one. So there was some same amount of money. Yeah. Just a different different question for the same difficulty. So there was definitely... You know, some different lifelines throughout. I think the three classic ones are the only ones that I give a shit about. That's all that matters to me. Uh, yeah, rank the um, rank the lifelines from ones that you don't give a shit about to the ones that you give a shit about the most. <laughs> There's a lot of ranking from worst, <laughs> worst to best going on right now. I'm going to say all of them I don't give a shit about except for the three that I do give a shit about. Okay. That's, that's my philosophy those, those three rank those from three to one okay i would say number three is the 50 50 because people would always yes here's why people would always be like uh i think it's either pelican 
or ostrich? I think it's one of those two. Let me do the 50-50. And then the 50-50 comes, and the two remaining are pelican and ostrich. So you've been fucked. Well, that's the thing. You said at the beginning, and I know that they probably claim this as well, that the computer randomly two random ones. And it's bullshit because every single time the person talks it out, it is those two that they don't they're trying to decide between yeah so i agree i don't i don't put that one third but i agree it's bullshit i would say pull the audience is the biggest waste of time see i like that one because you get a i don't i don't know how large the audience it audience is exactly but i like getting a good sample size you know over the course You're also getting a sample size of people that think it's a fun time to wait outside for two hours, get let into a stage, and then be told to shut up and don't say anything for an entire hour. Uh, I mean, that's true, but I, I also think of it as like, okay, so if you've got like a family that are there and, you, you know, one of them knows the answer, I think they'll be like, oh, it's B, it's B. And everybody in the family will put B, maybe. So like mm-hmm. based on the fact that there's one smart person, I'm getting, you know, five Bs in the mix. That are helping me. I don't know. I feel like when I see those, the majority of the time the audience is correct. Okay. So so I kind of like that one. Um, and phone a friend just due to the flexibility of it, the baller potential that you can possibly have uh, in different <laughs> ways that you can use it, in addition to just getting help from the answer. I think you gotta rank that number one. Yeah. Or like what if you know that you're about to get this wrong, so you order a pizza to your hotel room so it'll be there to by console the time you. you leave the show. That would, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd like to phone a friend, Pizza Hut. <laughs> your friend your friend is Pizza Hut? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, no one no one out pizzas him. Um so this show, like I said, it's gone for twenty one years. There have been twelve million dollar winners on the US version of the show. What's crazy to me is that so in the celebrity version uh just last november david chang won a million dollars for his charity uh he was the first celebrity to do so although there in the original run there was a celebrity episode in which norm mcdonald was on the million dollar question by the way funniest person in the world norm mcdonald was on the million dollar question knew the answer or thought he knew the answer and he was like, I think it's blah, 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 blah. And Regis was like, are you sure about that, Norm? And he was like, I, I don't know. That's just what I think the answer is. And Regis was like, well, remember, if you miss this, it's $32,000. This is $500,000 for the charity that you're playing for. And he was like, well, I don't know. I think that's what the answer is. What are you telling me? <laughs> and Regis was like, I'm just telling you that if you miss it, it's $32,000, not $500,000. And he was like, Okay, well, I think it's that, but I guess if you're telling me it's not, then I'll walk <laughs> away. I guess I'll walk away. Final answer. And it was the thing that he thought it was, and he thought that Regis knew that he was wrong and was telling him, like, don't piss away $500,000 for this charity. Yeah. Uh, so and he was, you know, he was upset that he thought he was, uh, you know, he knew the million-dollar answer. But like I said, nobody's ever missed the 500000 or nobody's ever missed the million-dollar question before. Um, so he walked away at the 500,000, but so, but what was interesting to me was this show has been on in syndication. Like I said, from 2002 to 2009, the last million dollar winner was 2003 before David Chang last year. So they made it a lot harder. 
I guess. Or they just put dumber or people. people are on. getting dumber. Yes, exactly. Maybe us as a society are getting dumber because we're sitting down looking at our phones when we could be looking up at the sky and wondering, how does the sky work? And then, <laughs> and then going back down to your phone to research it instead of starting in the down position. How does the sky work? But that also reminds me of, speaking of Norm MacDonald, of his... Uh, infamous Saturday Night Live monologue. Of course, he was a cast member on Saturday Night Live who was fired. And then a year and a half later, he had uh, Dirty Work, a classic 90s comedy coming out, and he was asked to host the show. And in his monologue, he said, uh, you know, I was fired on account of they didn't think I was funny. And now here I am, a year and a half later, and I'm hosting the entire show. So I thought, wow, how did I get so funny in the last year and a half? But then I realized I didn't get funnier. The show just sucks now. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I think uh, they probably just put a lot of more dumb, dumber people on the show. Again, it was more daytime show. They probably didn't. They can't be giving out a million dollars all the time on a show that's airing right. five days a week. Uh, but yeah, from 2013 until just last year, there were no million dollar winners. This, of course, was is not a show without controversy. Mm. Uh, going back to the UK for one. Uh, well, first of all, their first million dollar winner. The episode aired uh, on ITV. This was the channel that it was on. In competition with a series finale of a very popular BBC show. And so there was a lot of discussion over there about, okay, is it a coincidence that the first million dollar winner is airing up against this other show that's supposed to be getting very high ratings because it's the finale of this beloved series? Um, and there were people that thought they kind of uh, rigged it so that they had a million dollar winner on that episode or they at least rigged the airing of the episodes so that would air uh, up against another big hitter. So there was some controversy wow. there. I don't think anything was ever proven. There was a big controversy in 2001 when a guy who was in the British military named Charles Ingram competed on the show and he won the million pounds. He wanted to be a millionaire. Uh, it was phenomenal. Everything was great and happy and amazing. And then in the subsequent days, as the producers were reviewing the footage, they noticed that on both the $500,000 and million dollar question, it was a little fishy that he was like, I think it's blah, blah, blah. I really think it's blah, 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 blah. And then he was like, you know what? No, actually, no. I think it's this one. Final answer. On both of the 500 and million dollar questions, he did that. He seemed to be going towards the wrong answer and then changing his mind and going towards the right one. And in both instances, one of the other guys who was in the fastest finger chair, a guy named Tequin Whittock, Whittock, I don't know how you'd pronounce it. Seems uh, too British for me. But anyway, that guy coughed after he, uh, Charles Ingram gave the incorrect answer. And then he changed his answer. So it was answer. a Houston, Houston Texans situation. Uh, Houston Astros, you mean? Yeah. Yes. He was banging on trash cans. And also, I think on the 32,000-pound wow. question, his wife coughed from the audience when he said the wrong answer. And so 
there was this investigation done. They told them you're not getting the money. And all these three people had charges brought against them in court and were found guilty of like manipulating the game show fraud or whatever. I don't think any of them got any jail time or anything like that, but they were all found guilty and got suspended sentences. I think, uh, they, how do you like, how do you prove that? How do you say you knew the answer? So you coughed, you'd be like, I coughed once during the show. What are you going to do? Yeah. So the Tequan Whittock guy said that he'd had, uh, hay fever or something. And all, all this stuff, he was sick. But then he was also the next contestant on the show, and he didn't cough once during the entire time that he was competing. Uh, so there was, there was a, like I said, there was a huge investigation. There were court proceedings done. There was a movie that came out last year in the UK called Quiz about it, because everything's a quiz there. To us, a quiz is a bad thing. It's something that you're unprepared for in school, if you're me. Yeah. Or you, probably. Um in the UK, they everything's a quiz. It's a quiz show. It's a pub quiz instead of bar trivia. They've got pub quiz. Um, so this show or, or this movie was called Quiz. I want to check it out. Uh, I think it's got uh, Michael Sheen in it. Who, you know, he's good. Oh, yeah. Um, he always plays a real creepy guy and he does a really good job at it. He's good. Yeah, he was really funny in uh, in 30 Rock when he was uh, one of Liz's boyfriends. Uh, but anyway... That was that was one of the big controversies from this show that originated in the UK. There have also been a couple other controversies. There was somebody who uh, who gave the wrong answer, but they said it was the correct answer, and people like wrote in afterwards and they were like, it was um, in a set of tennis. What is the fewest number of strokes a player can have to win a set? And they said, okay, you need six games to win a set. And you need, you know, so it's 15, 30, 40 game. So four four yeah. points to win a game. So six times four, 24. You can get, you know, right. so 24. And they accepted that as, as the correct answer. That guy moved on, et cetera. But then people online said, well, you alternate serves per game. So you serve three games and get four. That's 12. And then the other person who is serving can double fault on every serve, hit every serve out, and you never hit the ball, so you can have zero yeah. there. So the answer is actually 12. Uh, millionaire came out and said, yeah, we were wrong. The answer is actually 12, but we're going to give this person the money that they won for because we were wrong also. Yeah, on the, that would suck if they're like, you're right. Hey, guys, everybody is right, and we're right. wrong. We got to take your money back. And so we need, we need that money yeah. back. Thank you. Um, and that guy had already like used that money to pay for his wife's cancer treatments and everything. Um, so she's dead now. In the U.S. Well, I mean, like, so he didn't pay for the right cancer treatments then. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was in the anti-cancer lobby. Uh, anti-cancer, yeah. Yeah, he was an, he was an anti-cancer. Um, in the U.S., there was a guy, so this one was... This is probably the biggest blunder of all. There's a guy named Ed Toutant who was competing in the U.S. version. On the $16,000 question, he was asked, uh, scientists in England recently genetically modified what vegetable so that it glows when it needs water? And the choices were potato, tomato, celery, or carrot. 
He didn't ask the audience. The audience said tomato. He went with tomato. And it was incorrect. It was potato. And he lost. Uh, He went home. He started researching this on the internet. And he found out that... So the question said, scientists in England recently genetically engineered blah, blah, blah. This uh, genetic engineering of a potato to glow was actually done in Scotland, which while in the UK is not in England. And also a scientist at Oxford, which is in England, was working on genetically modifying a tomato to glow at the time. So he emailed them and was like, hey, um, you said I was wrong and I don't think I was wrong. Um, Your question is wrong. (laughs) And so they came back and they said, okay, yes, you're right. We are going to have you back on the show and starting at $16,000 with a different question and we will give you your ask the audience back that you used on that question. And he then got every single question right and won a million dollars. Actually, this was a point where they were adding $10,000 to the jackpot for every person that didn't win, for every contestant that didn't win. So he won yeah. $1.8 million. Wow. So he had lost at the, he'd won $1,000 originally and then <laughs> protested and came back and won $1.8 million. Yeah. Again, compound that interest. That's, that's, that's what compound interest is stocks. all about. Here's how you turn $16,000 into $1.8 million. Ed Tutan. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty crazy. One of the $12 million winners in history originally didn't win and had came back on a technicality of them flubbing a question and he came back and that's won. Awesome. So I think that's, that's what life is all about. Getting by on technicalities, finding all the little ways you can screw over the guys who didn't write their legal copy properly. Make sure you read that fine print, figure out how to get that million, get that bag player. Yeah. That's good advice for everybody. Um, And then make sure you carry that philosophy into your life later in life when you're rich and make sure you find as many loopholes as possible to get out of paying for taxes. Yeah, that is important. Uh, Especially if you're going to win $1.8 million, you're going to be taxed. Yeah. Um, Who who was the great philosopher Kanye West said, um, she going to leave with half. After you get divorced, uh-huh. you know, so. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you, and now that he's getting divorced, uh, she she is going to leave with half, at least. Yeah. I think she all, but who has, who has more money? I mean, I would say probably Kanye, but I bet it's, yeah, closer than I think. Right. It's like the same thing with like Tom Brady and Giselle. Like, I think she's super, super rich also. Yeah. Independently. But anyway, that uh, that's kind of some of the controversies that that have existed on who wants to be a millionaire and in the Kardashian West household. Um, How much? What do you think Kanye's net worth is? I would guess that his net worth is somewhere around five hundred million dollars. That's cute that you think that because uh, it's one point three billion. One point three billion. Uh huh. And then how much as of October 2020, Kim 
Kardashian is estimated to be worth $780 million. What does that make you like want to do to yourself? Um, I mean, I'd have to turn the camera off first, <laughs> but <laughs> what, what, what do I want to do? I mean, it's fine. I, I imagine that a lot of stress and legal bullshit comes along as baggage with that much money but so what you're saying is who wants to be a millionaire who wants to be a millionaire yeah who wants to be a millionaire i do freelance work that takes me a lot of time for an extra 4k a year so i'm good what when you come up with pranks for youtube channels uh, specifically so that they get arrested, yes. Or murdered because some prank YouTube channel guy just yep. did a prank that you wrote for him, which was... I, that is not, not true. The prank was, that. I'm going to pretend to armed rob somebody for my YouTube video. Mm-hmm. And then he did it. And then the person, the victim of his hilarious hijinks and prank... Um, happened to be packing heat and shot him and he did. Yeah, I did not write that. Um, I do think it is a great prank and I think that all the prank shows, you just didn't write the the twist shows that twist at the end of him getting shot in the head and dying. Um, yes, which was marvelous. Um, Shyamalanian, honestly twist. Yes. And it's like, it's one of those things where like, listen, Nobody deserves to die, but some people well, are asking well, to die, and I think that's what that guy was doing. Mm-hmm. So you don't think Stalin and Hitler deserve to die? I'm just saying they were asking for it. <laughs> I'm just saying they were asking for it. Yeah. Um, but this game show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, as we wrap up here, like I said, it revitalized game shows in kind of the American subconscious. This led to game shows like The Weakest Link, which we've talked about previously, kind of following in its footsteps in terms of prime time popularity, in terms of us stealing ideas from game shows from the UK and just bringing them <laughs> over here and doing the same thing, pretty much. This was kind of a big boom, a big boom for the game show network. This kind of, the way it was set up in terms of the intensity and everything, kind of was the beginning of our obsession with reality TV. Because on the heels of this is kind of when we got shows like Survivor and Big Brother and things like that started kicking off where it was the drama of everyday people that we can kind of relate to and edited in certain ways to heighten that drama. I think this was kind of where we were going as as a society at the time. I think that's probably why we embraced this and then those as much as we did. Uh, It really, this was a really, I think, important game show. That sounds really weird to say, but just in terms of like the media landscape, I think it changed things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's true. I'm looking at when the real world started because I the real world was, was early nineties for sure. Yeah, 1992. It looks like. Right, but. I just uh, I just want to end this episode by saying if you haven't go out and watch the real world uh, road rules um I have been getting recommended clips on YouTube and just watching CT absolutely beast dominate in all of the challenges 
And I think that it's really good to watch because you can see what pre-workout steroids and cocaine can do to help you push your career forward in terms of being a reality star. And like compound interest, that's an important lesson for kids today. Absolutely. Both equally as important. Agreed. Agreed. So I, I'm going to give this one a, uh, a five out of five buzzers. I think, wow. I think this is, you know, this is top five game show territory right here. Who wants to be a millionaire? What about you? I mean, I want to give it a five, but I also don't want to be a poser. So I'm going to give it a four, nine, five. Okay. What takes away that five one hundredth of a point? So I think that instead of the fastest finger, uh, you could make it sort of a Hunger Games situation, and the last person that survives of a life or death situation, that person gets to play who wants to be a millionaire, and that so, elicit so, a five. So everybody else dies. So you survive, and now in addition to surviving, you can be a millionaire? Correct. In order to uh, blunt some of the emotional toll that will, you know, uh, take up a lot of real estate in your brain because you have killed many other people, they kind of blunt that a little bit by saying, okay, well, for your sacrifice and inevitable PTSD for the rest of your life, we'll go ahead and offer you some, some cash. Um, but again, if you, if you're stupid, but strong, you probably don't do well on the trivia part and you just have to live with the fact that you killed people to not win any money. Okay, so let's say they they bring this Hunger Games style fastest finger to life and, you know, they've got, you know, five or six people on this and it's you mm. and, you know, three or four strangers and your wife. Yeah. Um, Ooh. And so one of you has to live and compete to win a million dollars and one of you has to die. Uh, would you kill your wife to try and win a million dollars? So here's what I would do. And I'm glad that you asked that because I could hear it clearly. And I acknowledged it when you first started I'm saying glad. it. So I'm going to run with that. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, and this is a very complicated plan. So stay with me yeah. here. I'm going to switch bodies with my wife. Um, similar to how Vince Vaughn did okay. in the movie Freaky. Okay. Uh, I am then going to start making out with Regis. And by me, I mean me and my wife's body. Right. Um, Regis will become distracted. He is the he is the ultimate host. He is the one who does, you know, he's the guy in Hunger Games with the blue hair. He's um, the guy in uh, Gladiator with the thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay. He's the ruler of this battleground. He's distracted because he's making out with my hot wife. Me, really. Right. Um, I then kill Regis. Uh, and because of the rules of the game state, he or she who kills the host then assumes that job. So then I become me in my wife's body as Regis, the host. Right. Um, and then I get my wife because now there is no... I'm not a contestant anymore. I am the host. Mm -hmm. The host then... Uh, by default, I'm sorry, my wife, who is in my body, by default wins the arena, battle arena. She comes on, um, and then we play the show. So we both 
are able to survive. Uh, unfortunately, Regis and the other contestants will die. Uh, but that's how I answer that question. Okay. Do you, when you get into your wife's body, wh at what point do you play with your boobies a little bit? I mean, first of all, I, I mean, that happens right away. Okay. But once you get that out, and I think that that would be the case too. You know, when you were younger, you'd be like, oh, dude, what would you do if you're in a girl's body? You'd be like, oh, don't play with boobs nonstop. Mm -hmm. I think that if you actually happened and we were able to do that, it would get old in like maybe a day. Okay. And then I would go on to playing with other people's boobs okay. because I'm bored with mine at that point. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, honestly... Great answer. I Thanks. think I think that makes sense in terms of, you know, uh, just really wrapping this entire episode together. So mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, you know, thank you for finally addressing the question that was on, I think, everybody's minds ever since. Oh, that's what you were asking. Yeah. Ever since we started talking about Grace Kelly, oh. the princess of Monaco. Got it. From High Society. Cole Porter, who wants to be a millionaire. Anyway, this has been a, just a, a remarkable episode of Come On Down, the yeah. game show podcast. A remarkable episode that we just didn't do make it better because it was such a good episode. We, I mean, I think we I just didn't make it better right there. I think the Hunger Games scenario, the booby plan, the wife swap, I think that's a make it better. <laughs> I would watch that. Okay, good. Um, and and yeah, I think you can follow us on Instagram at Come On Down Show for more content like that. For any sort of body swap comedy stuff that you're looking for, we'll have it. <laughs> yeah. And you can email us at come on down show at gmail.com if you got any ideas to make it better. If you would trade your wife uh or anybody else in your life for a million dollars, just let us know. Um yeah. yeah. Until next time. We will see you guys later and, you know, stay strong, fight, get that million dollars, make that money, playboy. Yeah. And uh, one day you too can be a, a Kim Kardashian. Right. And then just one last thing from yeah. me before we sign off. Remember, always, always, always. <laughs>